All right. Let's talk about friendship. Yes, my favorite topic. Specifically ours, but just the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Because we have one that goes really, really far back. Yes. And it's very special. And we've been through a lot of life stages together. And Lots. we still have a lot to go through. And I kind of... it. I feel like it reinforces that you need people to get through those those stages because mm-hmm. that's definitely been true. And also we've gone, you know, our separate ways in a really big way, but we always reconnect, which definitely. says something because there's no reason that you should keep reconnecting unless you keep being drawn to people. Mm-hmm. So I cherish you in that way. Thank you. So that's like that's why I'm opening with that topic. So Yay. what does that mean to you? Or what does our friendship mean to you, I guess? Or how has it functioned in your life, wow. I guess? Well, first and foremost, thank you so much, Nick, for, for being the host with the most this <laughs> weekend. Um, my name is Kate, and I know that I've... Um, completed this podcast before in good old Burbank, California, when uh, Nick and I went to the Conan O'Brien show. Um, so that was a blast. So thank you for, for welcoming me here to Austin. Um, what does our friendship mean um, to me? Um, I think that is, I can give you so many answers and it can go for hours and hours, but I guess a Cliff's notes or uh, Kate's notes um you know, version of this is that, um, Nick is one of my true, you know, like most sincere friend that I, um, have in my life. Um, him and a few others, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) top five, definitely top top five, top five, uh, uh, my space, Tom would be, you know, number one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm putting on a stopwatch by the way. Don't feel pressure. It's just the time of the segments. I won't, I won't put it where you can see it. That's fine. And then Courtney might call us in a little bit. So, okay. um, That's your number two best friend. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Nick and I, we went way back, like throwback to, to when we were both 12, when he just first arrived to the States and I was, we were both in seventh grade. Yeah, I moved here independently without my family, just That's a 12 right. year old moving he's, to another he's a country. Bamf like that, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I think for, for us, for me, um, the fact that we live so far away, you know, me being based in Los Angeles and you being here in Austin, um, despite the distance, we, we keep our friendship going because we communicate. And I think part of our amazing friendship is that we have this, um, great connection, not just with our communication, not, you know, that, and it's not that we call each other often, but when we talk to each other, when we talk to each other, it's like we pick things up where we left off and, um, yeah, we don't talk often. Yeah. And we don't talk about petty things either. Like I think we don't talk about Tom Petty. No, no, not Tom Petty. Like (laughs) screw him, you know, like, He's, He's on the radio. Did I enough. say that? <laughs> he gets enough attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and our conversations are always so deep and so um, thought provoking, and 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 that's what I appreciate about your friendship and you being such a deep person who is so caring and so sincere, and and um, you know, you truly open up your soul to me, and I feel like I can open up my soul to you and talk to you about many things and you acknowledge my feelings and not think like, you know, like that's stupid. Or I mean, sometimes to me, I, I do stupid things, you know, and, and you're my 
reminder like Kate don't do that <laughs> and that's fine and and so um that's what I appreciate about you is that you are a true solid friend who is willing to be honest with me and despite some of our differences we can um really love each other and um connect with each other on that deep friendship level so I agree I feel the same way yeah um I feel sometimes the, the way, I mean, you talked about how always being able to communicate and be open and get deep, thoughtful feedback on things is mm -hmm. good, but mm -hmm. that's really all I can do. And I'm starting to realize as I get older that for some people that's really off-putting. And sometimes it makes you feel like, like you need to not be that way hmm. or you need to shut certain things off or be able to... I don't know. I don't know. It's. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, as you know. That openness might be perceived as a weakness. I don't think it's a weakness. No, not at and all. And that's kind of what I'm. Why? That's why I'm switching the direction of of what this show is. Is to. to that's what I want to talk about. Is. Mm -hmm. I'm always in a vulnerable state. So I think you, you saw that in me, and that's the thing you've always appreciated about me is because I'm always very open. But sometimes, if you're friends with somebody who's always vulnerable. I wonder if that translates to a lot of handholding and babysitting no. and picking up the phone and saying, okay, what are we going to talk through now? Instead of just saying, this is a fun conversation. I'm mm -hmm. happy to be talking mm -hmm. to my friend. So because, because you've always thought that, I think that's really good. Yeah. But, you know, being in your 20s and meeting people who have been through stuff and who mm -hmm. have built up their own defenses in their own ways, if you're still vulnerable all the time, some people think you're crazy for being mm -mm. like that mm -mm. because yeah so it's good that I have I have a lot of friendships like this one with you that mm -hmm. are anchored in these people really know me and they've really accepted me mm -hmm. and it helps me to go about my life and go out into the world and you're one of those people who helps me feel like feel normal you know I feel like friends help you feel normal mm -hmm. and they kind of affirm a lot of things about life and I so need that. I mean, you're staying here. I got up this morning and I was sad about something. There's always mm -hmm. something, right? With me more so than with other people. And, and you just kind of, you know, you told me exactly the right thing. It's mm -hmm. not, you're not trying to say the good thing or say a bad thing to scare me into mm -hmm. being better or something. You just say how it is. And uh, I, that's really good. But it's hard to find that with people as you get older because people mm -hmm. just aren't open, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. But, you know, and I know I called you a few weeks ago, too, or about a month ago, and I was definitely drunk <laughs> after drinking most of a bottle of wine. It was after a bad date. And mm -hmm. I remember how it was on that phone call and the fact that you just listened and cared. Dude, you know, and I've, done, I'm, and I've done that for other people, too. And I don't know. I, I just I don't want to always be exhibiting cry for help behavior and having you know, my friends manage it. I think I think, Nick, you're absolutely right in the sense that our world, we don't focus on vulnerability enough. I think that we're missing that. And, and, and as humans, you know, the, like I think vulnerability is what connects us. It's what makes us so human and so um, complex and so beautiful. And it sucks that you said, unfortunately, um, people perceive vulnerability to be a form of weakness, which I completely disagree. I think that vulnerability is a strength. In fact, Nick, I don't know if you've explored this TED Talks, but um, 
I remembered watching an excerpt of a TED Talks um, that happened. Um, this lady, she, I don't Brene remember. Brown. Have you seen that She's one? She's the one who inspired me to start doing this podcast. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Life-changing. University um, of Houston. Yes. Professor doing research. Yes. On vulnerability and how... Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're okay, talking about. Perfect. Okay, perfect. And she talked about finding courage and being vulnerable yep. because it's the only true measurement of bravery. That's right. And if you're never doing that, you're never in the arena. You're always outside of the That's arena right. of life. And you're yeah. not true to yourself, fools. And people like, don't want to see you always being strong and collected. They want to see you being vulnerable because that's more human and they respect it more. Oh, amen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but I, I, I'm from, I only got familiar with it two weeks ago. Okay. But that's what that's what all this came from. That's Good. me doing this show this Good. way and all that stuff. Good. Yeah. I watched this excerpt about a year and a half ago and uh it, it changed my life and and you know um I will say this I grew up um in a conservative Christian home which I totally appreciated that experience um and uh, as I got older I um you know was exposed to a different type of different kind of Christianity because I will say this um growing up in a very conservative um Protestant um, you know, worship experience. Um, I definitely was, I felt like we were taught to think, um, you know, we have to do certain things. Um, here are lists of rights and here are lists of wrongs that you are absolutely, you know, like no nos to, to do. Um, and so I felt very constricted, very, um, limited, and um, I graduated from Pepperdine University. Go Waves. Um, huh. And uh, Pepperdine... Um, it's is not a toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, it's not toothpaste. <laughs> Sensodyne. Pepperdine. Huh. Um, and so Pepperdine, um, I, I met amazing people there who are imperfect, who are extremely flawed people. But they taught me... Um, about grace, about, you know, being vulnerable and about accepting your weakness because, um, you know, from, from before where it's like a list of no's and, and list of things that you should do right. You know, now it's more focusing for me, at least my growth in my spiritual walk is that, um, I've learned to accept my weakness and accept God's amazing omnipresence um, omnipotence and his enduring love and unconditional love. And so that has liberated me from, you know, this girl who grew up in like a very, yeah, just a controlling, um, faith, man, I'm dissing my religion big time, but at the same time, I'm learning to embrace my religion in a new way. And that is accepting our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses because we are human and, and, you know, um, and we need God's love and grace and, um, he's not the punisher. He is, um, the redeemer. And, um, I'm very grateful for that, that, um, spiritual, um, principle, you know, um, and I'm glad that I'm able to see that part of Christianity and accept it rather than going back to the limited God in the box kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm digressing big time, but no, no, I think what that's we can where, do. I guess, yeah, I, I guess that's how I learned about vulnerability and, and and connecting it to my spirituality. Okay, hold that thought, and then we'll do another segment on spirituality. That's what great. I, yeah, so hang on, awesome, cool. 